An episode by episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Specs. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 20, Dinobot Island Part 2. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure. Last time on the Transformers, according to the narrator, the Dinobots were exiled to Dinobot Island. According to, to Specs, to me, um, it was summer camp. Is this supposed to tell us something about the Autobot thought process? Maybe just Optimus' thought process? Are they supposed to be in timeout until they learn to get, to have more finesse? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But Wheeljack and Ratchet seem too supportive for me to think they were exiled, okay? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the Decepticons showed up, gathered a whole fuck ton of energy on the, well, Island. The uh, Dinobot Island. And dumped the Dinobots into a tar pit. And now, on today's episode, Megatron is glad to be rid of those dull-witted Dinobots. At least he's honest about his loathing for them. I guess that is the thing, yeah. Just saying. It may not be nicer than the Autobots, per se, but at least he's honest about it. Yeah. Megatron turns back to the rest of the Decepticons, ordering them to drain the island of its energy. Like, drain it dry or something. Yeah, yeah, like, you know, gather all the energy. And Starscream says, They might upset the chronological balance of this island! You, you know, due to its precarious placement in the time stream. What with, you know, the dinosaurs and all that shit. <laughs> I got to hear Megatron say the phrase scientific gobbledygook, and it was wonderful. <laughs> Little did we know that Starscream and Soundwave can summon the Energon from lava just by holding a cube over it. And, I mean, apparently all the other Decepticons can do that, too. Which we'll see two seconds later, because Ramjet and Thrust do the exact same thing by holding the Energon cubes over a crevice where some steam is coming up. Mm-hmm. It's weird, man. It is weird. <laughs> After the Energon is collected, the island begins to quake, and the volcano threatens an impending eruption. Starscream responds to this rather cheerfully, wondering if this is the mistake that will make him the Decepticon leader. While still standing on the rim of that active volcano and the impending eruption, uh, maybe move out of the volcano splash zone before you start, you know, uh, planning your future there, buddy. (laughs) I guess he doesn't have much experience with volcanoes erupting. I probably Yes, yeah. He'd find himself probably inconvenienced by the ash cloud. (laughs) Indeed. And at the arc, Ratchet has finished um, repairing Teletran 1. Because, as you, if you remember from last episode, the Dinobots did a bit of a number on it. The Dinobots trashed everything, of course, that was on accident, because they're sweet dumb babies. Mm-hmm. Ratchet thanks Sparkplug for his help, and Sparkplug wonders where Spike has wandered off to. And if you'll remember, um, according to the end of last episode, he's uh, dead, buried under a building, will mourn his loss. Teletran 1 proceeds to pick up a weird signal that Wheeljack interprets as a time war. It's just a jump to the left. (laughs) And a skip to the right. (laughs) Apparently Wheeljack is able to pinpoint that the time warp is near the library. Yes, yes, the library. You know, where Spike and Bumblebee were last episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The Autobots leave to investigate. Uh, Showing up in the city, the group digs out Spike and Bumblebee, sideswipe doing the bulk of the work with his pile drivers. He's a good heavy hitter. He is. 
Spike is fine. Bumblebee apparently protected him with his body. <coughs> Say, Mr. B, what exactly is your relationship to that boy? <laughs> <laughs> Autobots come face to face with the rampaging mammoths and their accompanying weirdly stylish barbarians. I think the VA doing the barbarian gibberish might be Ratchet's voice actor. I cannot substantiate this in the slightest, but I mean, come on, we know the guy can do some first class gibberish. Mm-hmm. Iron Height then moves to wrangle the mammoths, but not before Optimus says what quite possibly, in my opinion, might be the dumbest line in the entire series. Remember, those creatures are flesh and blood, not unfeeling machines like the Decepticons. Keep telling yourself that, Optimus buddy, (laughs) pal, (laughs) friend of mine. Okay, but I just don't understand how anyone can look at many of the Decepticons, but especially fucking Starscream and say, that is an unfeeling machine. He has many feelings. Most of them are varying degrees of screech, but they're still feelings. (sighs) Self-entitlement. Self-entitlement, um, anger. All of the cons are quite good at anger, except maybe Soundwave. Soundwave's about the only one I'm gonna not call you out on, even though I'm pretty sure he's got feelings. And a lot of wine thrown in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sides, or not Sideswipe. <laughs> Starscream is uh, excellent at wine. <laughs> Sideswipe is very excited to beat up some mammoths. Because he's not taking what Optimus said into account at no. all. No, he's gonna beat shit up. Uh, we also see Hopper lift an entire mammoth over his head, and for an Autobot, Hopper's pretty small, so this is pretty funny. Apparently, he's just a pint-sized powerhouse. Apparently. Ironhide then confronts the barbarians, shooting glue at them to keep them all in one place. What's this? Continuity? A character using the same ability in more than one episode? No, never! <laughs> Sandstraker also gets into the mammoth-lifting shenanigans. But some of the barbarians proceed to court death and start beating on Sunstraker. He's very vain, if you don't know this already. Uh, you do not want to mess with his paint job. He will literally kill you. <laughs> yeah. He then points and generates electricity and the barbarians get shocked and run off. In order to corral the still rampaging mammoths, Optimus calls his trailer into existence and the other Autobots shove a bunch of elephants into his trailer. He's got a lot of junk in that trunk. Oh, Lord, not again. (laughs) I will use that line anytime I can. (laughs) Ironhide walks on screen, holding a mammoth in an incredibly awkward way. Isn't his face like in his butt? (laughs) Yes, unfortunately. It does not look comfortable for anyone involved. But oh no, the time warp is closing. I have some concerns about those barbarians that got glued in place, but I don't think it's going to be addressed. Um, <laughs> Sunstreaker and Hound keep the time warp from, you know, closing by shooting at it and keeping it open with these weird octagon things. Yeah, I don't think I don't know what's it's, going on there, like at all. Yeah. But immediately, because remember, they have just shoved all those mammoths into Optimus Prime's trailer. They let them out and then hurt them through the time warp. So this lasted all of, like, what, five fucking seconds? Apparently they needed something to do, but honestly, they could have just had, you know, Autobot Circus. I don't know. Ironhide proceeds to direct the mammoths like he's a traffic cop directing traffic. It is amazing. Yeah. Sideswipe hurts the barbarians far less gently. 
with fire. I mean, yeah, how did they get the ones Ironhide glued down? I mean, did they? I think it's obvious they probably didn't. <laughs> uh, I have many concerns. Don't worry. Back at the yard, it's the return of Chip. A oh boy. A oh boy. And some of the new guys introduce themselves. Because toy lineup. New season. <laughs> Gotta get those toys, parents. Yep. Beachcomber and Perceptor are, like, the main ones here that actually say the names, of which I can only say Percy. Oh, thank fucking God! A sane Autobot! There's just so few of those! Yep. And then Teletran 1 and Chip proceed to track down two new time warps! <laughs> the first one is out on the ocean with a pirate ship sailing through to harass a yacht. They want their wenches, literally. Yeah. We want your money and your wenches! Pretty much. And then the second dumps a group of Old West outlaws near a group of bikers. Presumably somewhere in the American Southwest. The outlaws decide to steal the motorcycles because they will be able to escape faster. Well, they call them newfangled mechanical horses. Yes. And I feel like this is not how people from the Old West should react to seeing motorcycles. We... We both know that this show has many, many historical accuracies um, and doesn't know what science is. Inaccuracies. Oh, what did I say? I said accuracies. Oh, I meant inaccuracies. You said many historical accuracies. No, no. makes you sound sarcastic. (laughs) Okay. I guess as long as I sound sarcastic, it works well. Um... We then cut to Clipjumper, who's water skiing in car mode again, while being accompanied by two new characters, Sea Spray and Trax. Sea Spray can turn into a hovercraft. He's voiced by the guy who does Skeletor, and like, if you go on the wiki, it'll say how he did the voice, and it honestly was hilarious, and I was doing it while we were watching the episode, because I'm horrible. (laughs) (laughs) And then Trax, who turns into the hottest Corvette Stingray. Specifically... (laughs) A flying Corvette Stingray. <laughs> you know, that's one of the features that you were never able to get in a Corvette Stingray. He's one of our favorite characters in the series. And he only shows up in a couple of episodes. Boo! Trax is also the sexiest Autobot. Or at least he thinks he is. He thinks he's the sexiest Autobot. You think Sunstroker's vain? He's got nothing on this guy. Mm-hmm. Trax blinds the pirates and frees the yacht from their grappling hooks. Before helping Sea Spray and Cliff Jumper push the pirates back towards the time warp. And now to the showdown between the bikers and cowboys. The bikers all get their butts kicked. Surprisingly, considering motorcycles are fucking faster than horses. Yes. Some highlights from this fight include a biker pulling out a chain, all threateningly, but then one of the outlaws just jumps off his horse and tackles him. And then an outlaw tries to drive a motorcycle, but runs into the one tree in a 10-mile radius and wipes out. We got some really funny photos of this. They're so dumb and wonderful. Yeah, I I don't think the cowboy would actually be able to successfully do this, because I don't think he'd be able to balance on the fucking motorcycle. I don't think he would either, and I think that's supposed to be why he wiped out, but still, it was pretty damn funny to watch. Yes, but it would make more sense for the thing to just fall over when he tries to They wanted to have him run into a tree! (laughs) The Autobots show up, or as um, an outlaw calls him, talking horseless carriages! What's next? Then our charming, intelligent outlaws get the brilliant idea of shooting at the giant metal men. 
Prowl disarms them by melting all their guns with his acid pellets, and Jazz proceeds to scare them away with loud modern music. As as all is right with the world. Red Alert seems to take a leaf from Sideswipe's book and herds them into the time portal with fire. Yeah, and like, he sort of chastises Inferno, who then joins in, shooting at the outlaws with water. I'm rapidly becoming convinced that Red Alert and Inferno are dating, because Red Alert always seems like he's really clinging with Inferno, but I kind of like it. <laughs> I think that's been the common interpretation for a very long time. Probably, okay. I just haven't read anything on this one. <laughs> Those two time warps taken care of, we go back to Chip, who's been able to figure out that the energy disruptions coming from Dinobot Island are causing all the time disturbances, which kind of makes me wonder if they were reading all of these energy disruptions and just not giving a shit. Possibly? I mean, do, do the cons just do shit like this on a daily basis? But no, no, the dumbest thing here is that the time disturbances are also causing Mount St. Hillary to become active again. I mean, wasn't it, like, active three months ago? Yes, yes, when uh, Megatron was trying to pull Cybertron close to Earth, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, when the volcano erupted, too, waking everyone up. Yeah, I know think this is a dormant volcano. That's my personal opinion at this point. I don't know. It's weird. They don't, they can't, they can't get their, you know, volcanism or geology, you know, solid. Optimus Prime orders Warpath, Beachcomber, Perceptor, Ironhide, Smokescreen, and Trailbreaker to put on jetpacks and go to Dinobot Island in order to restore the time stream. Meanwhile, back on Dinobot Island, Megatron wants more Energon. When doesn't he want more, but... <laughs> Touche. Starscream tells him they're fucking shit up and that they need to leave before the island explodes. Megatron, however, does not give a shit about exploding islands. Uh, Megs, honey, baby, uh, how are you gonna carry all that energon off the island if it's destroyed? It's not like you came here with a ship and I am pretty damn sure you cannot shove all of that giant pyramid of energon into subspace. Well, between all of the Decepticons that they do have, they might be able to at least get a chunk of it. They could get a chunk, but if it just explodes and they don't have time and he's not taking this seriously, he's just going to get none of it. Yeah. Which honestly sounds like a gamble the idiot would do, yes. Yeah. The Dinobots are able to escape their tarry prison rather suddenly when uh, all of the tar evaporates, presumably due to all the crazy shit that's happening on Dinobot Island. Can tar even do that? I don't know. <laughs> the Dinobots shoot the remnants of the tar off each other with, like, their fire or laser breath or whatever. And, uh, before turning, you know, returning to the robot modes. They're all super fucking pissed at the Decepticons and proceed to fly off. Why didn't you do that the last episode, you Nimrods? The Autobots arrive, landing near Megatron and his Energon pile. Optimus has somehow reached the conclusion that if they remove the energy from this area, then the entire galaxy may crumble. And unless Percy came up with that theory on the jaunt over here, you're full of shit, sir. Who the fuck knows? Megatron knocks Optimus on his ass with a well-placed shot from his fusion cannon. Megatron then orders an attack with Starscream shouting an order to attack from the air, causing, you know, the Seekers and the Coneheads to all attack. Yeah. Warpath hits several of the attacking Seekers before he and Percy are knocked down. Megatron and Optimus continue to fight, as you do. Megs proceeds to tell Soundwave to prepare to receive before turning, you know, transforming into gun mode. Well, is that what we're calling it nowadays? Apparently. <laughs> Soundwave fires on Optimus with Megs, 
causing a huge fissure to open up in the ground. Soundwave then drops Megs, who sort of bounces on the ground before returning to robot mode. I don't know why I was amused by this, but I was. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just a cute little bounce. Gotta make your warlord who's a gun bounce. It's not as cute as a Ravage bounce. <laughs> <laughs> Ravage bouncing was adorable. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, we see the dorkiest transformation we've ever seen. Blitzwing transforms into a tank. He's a triple changer for the record. Um, however, his head is still visible in the tank mode, and it looks super goofy because he's like his face, his face down. Yeah, like, but you, it's still obviously his face and then he just drives off. Yeah, <laughs> I think the next time we see him that doesn't look like it's his face. Yeah, like, it, it looks like it's probably back to more what it looks like on the toy or what he normally looks like in tank mode. Yeah. And then we have Beachcomber, a known pacifist, who is firing at someone off screen with his hand lasers until Blitzwing catches up with him. Now it's time for the showdown between Tank and Dune Buggy we've all been waiting for. Who will win? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Beachcomber is able to escape as Warpath and Blitzwing have a throwdown. The Dinobots arrive unseen with Grimlock rallying the actual dinosaurs to fight for them. His name is Grimlock and he speaks for the dinos. The Autobots appear to be losing badly as everyone is pinned to the ground, getting shot at. Megatron, we all know that you're the one shooting Optimus repeatedly in the crotch during this shot. <laughs> <laughs> the dinosaurs arrive and they absolutely wreck the Decepticon ship. It's amazing. <laughs> a Triceratops mows Megatron down as a Stegosaurus simultaneously takes out Soundwave, Blitzwing, and Starscream. Dirge is then picked up... In a T-Rex's mouth and tossed as the other two coneheads are trampled on by multiple dinosaurs. Skywarp and Thundercracker are jumped on by another T-Rex-looking dino before also being trampled on by multiple dinosaurs. <laughs> Megatron decides to get the hell out of Dodge because he's going to survive this even if his army doesn't. I think all the Decepticons are going to have phobias about reptiles. I don't think I blame them. <laughs> yeah. The Autobots decide to release the energy back to the island in an effort to restore the time stream by shooting at the pile of Energon. Didn't we establish this shit's explosive? We did, because it explodes and everything's fine, somehow. <laughs> of course! The Dinobots are then allowed to come back home. Gee, thanks, Optimus. And then for some inexplicable reason, the Dinobots are all wearing jetpacks when they fly off? Keeping shit straight. We don't do that here. <laughs> and join us next time for episode 21, Traitor. Watch as Cliff Jumper repeatedly makes the wrong assumptions about poor Mirage. Poor Mirage. Poor Mirage. And I believe we have some fanfic for today. Yes, we do. We have two fanfiction recommendations for you. The first is Really Bad Eggs by Jazzbot. It, uh, continuity-wise, it's set in the G1 cartoon. But it's a crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> or the Caribbean. I don't think I pronounced it. Pirates that. of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's a crossover with Pirates of the Caribbean. Specifically the first one, I think. Yeah, I think it, I think it is pretty specifically. It seems like it's the first one. Yeah, because I think it was written before any of the sequels came Probably. out. Uh, so it's rated K. It's Jen. There's no pairings. And our characters here are Blue Streak, Prowl, and Skywarp. And in summary, Blue Streak, Prowl, and Skywarp are involved in a little teleportation accident. Hmm. Wonder where they ended up? 
Rare indeed. <laughs> and uh, our theme here is uh, deserted islands. And also pirates. <laughs> and it's a one-shot. And our second recommendation is Jailbreak by Irian Sato. It's a G1 cartoon with influence from Transformers Legends, which we might have mentioned before, but it is a short story collection that's officially licensed by Hasbro, but none of the stuff in it is canon. So it's basically officially licensed fan fiction. Yes. <laughs> More or less. It's, it's fun and it's cute and I'd recommend it, but you might have some issues getting it because it was only available on the print run. I want to say it's actually easier to find now, but I might be wrong. Maybe. I don't know if it was reissued. I'll post a link if I think, if I remember when we post this. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so it's rated K. It's Jen. Uh, there's no pairings, and uh, the characters here are Paddles, Sea Spray, and Swoop. And uh, for the record, Paddles is a character from Transformers Legends. He is another Dinobot. Yes, but he is an he he is a aquatic one. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> I could remember what the heck he was, but now I don't. Uh... Just know he's an aquatic dinosaur. That's probably the only thing that's truly relevant here. Yeah, and this one didn't actually have a set summary, uh, so the only thing I can really I came up with for it was it's a short, cute thing about a rescue because that's what it is. It's less than a thousand words long, and I'd recommend it. And it's it's nice to see paddles featured in something. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one is uh, the theme for it was Dinobots featuring paddles and swoop. Eh, yep, yeah. <laughs> and it's a one-shot. Uh, thank you. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcasts such as AO3, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube, just to name a few. Till next time, I'm Specs. And I'm Els. Tails. <laughs>